So considering the battle of the sexes this week pretty much felt like it was anti-women, I'm going to make Tweet Street very pro-women and mostly discuss women's issues on this entire thing. But before I get to that, I kind of need to start by addressing something particularly interesting. Now, Jeffrey Dahmer, the guy whose Netflix documentary has been trending quite a bit lately, so Jeffrey Dahmer's prison glasses are being sold at auction for $150,000 following the success of the Netflix series. Now, I don't know if it's just me that finds this particularly interesting, and maybe this is because I didn't watch the entire documentary, but what the fuck would you need those glasses for? Like... It's not like you're going to get a more up-close view of the kind of horrors that he did to those people. Why the fuck would you want to do that? And more so... Now, for the sake of me trying to absolve myself from sounding dumb to a certain degree, I haven't watched the Netflix series documentary and all. Like, I personally saw people talk about it quite a bit, and by all means, I bet it's probably a good one if people are giving it this much publicity and clout over, especially some things that might seem like they're particularly minute. Because, first of all, the reason why it ended up trending quite a bit, at least on social media, wasn't even the fact that the documentary was about, you know, some notorious person that was, you know, a serial abuser or some shit. Like, it was the fact that the LGBT community online had given Netflix so much backlash by categorizing it under the LGBT to the point that Netflix had to withdraw it. Like, it had to withdraw that categorization. And you want to know how dumb this shit is? If you actually go and look at the documentary itself from all the people that I've asked who've watched it, apparently this guy was gay. But at the same time, the gay community, or should I say the LGBT community as a whole, did not want to identify with the documentary. So, is it that he's a different kind of gay, or, like, I don't know, is it that it's just me, or is this a very clear example that the LGBT do not want to show that they can actually be quite disgusting themselves? Like, they've been calling us straight people the filth of the earth and some of the worst people on the planet and disgusting and misogynistic and chauvinistic and shit. But when you kind of look at some of the shit that some of their people do, this is, this is one of those things that shows you that, you know what, it's not a case of sexuality, it's not a case of gender. Some people are genuinely just nasty human beings. But that aside... I'm actually starting to wonder who the hell it is will pay 150000 just for the glasses. Because it's not like you're getting a POV view of whatever the fuck he would do to his victims. Because I don't think glasses back in the day would record such shit. Even Google glasses today, I don't think it records such shit. So I don't see why you'd want them. Even though you're having them as antiques to a certain degree... I'd probably expect this to be in like a Netflix museum or probably in just some history museum for crime and shit. But someone goes ahead and spends $150,000 of their own money on glasses that first of all don't even look all that great and second of all carry the DNA of a serial killer. Like that just sounds like some weird shit right there. Although, then again, when you remember that there's men on the internet who've paid full price for a bottle full of an OnlyFans model's farts, you kind of start to think about it and you're like, you know, it, it's weird, but, you know, weird's getting kind of normal nowadays. So I'll leave it at that and I'll start on to something that seems a little less weird, like, you know, a podcast on relationships that's being hosted by a guy, you know? Stuff like that isn't weird. 
And I probably should have started that same podcast in a very typical fashion and that isn't so weird, you know, kind of like when I start by saying, Welcome to Breakdown on Westside, your number one Breakdown podcast coming to you from Nairobi, Kenya. The man on the mic is a man who used to believe that Bukaki was a Japanese form of martial arts and I admit that that's probably a little bit weird. He's a man whose cardio routine just started including jumping to conclusions. It is none other than your tall, dark and mildly handsome man, Sir Denver B. The show is Tweet Street, the show where we take a deep dive into Twitter, pull up a couple of tweets and break them down a little bit. Now as usual, if you know the drill then you can repeat it after me, if you don't know the drill then it's okay, I'ma say it. And if you do know the drill but you don't wanna say it then, you know what, it's okay probably just ring in your head because it's a drill that almost sounds like a song and it's about how it is that you can contribute to the making of the future tweet street episodes by submitting tweets from twitter and other places and it's a pretty simple drill and it goes like this you see that tweet you like that tweet you want us to discuss that tweet you send that tweet you send it to the dms of at bagaka the d which happens to be my personal twitter handle and i will take it from there and i will handle it accordingly on facebook and on ig it is at breaktime on my site if it happens to be a screenshot or a screen grab that was taken from twitter and put on those sites then you can send it to the dms the dms are always open and i will take it from there and i will handle it accordingly now a massive thank you to each and every one of you that clicked on this episode a massive thank you to each and every one of you that does listen to break time on west side if you can give it a nice rating on the app that you're using that would be well and good but all in all i appreciate each and every one of you that does get to listen and even for those of you that do get to give feedback i appreciate you even more now all that said and done we do have quite a number of tweets to get into but before i get into that i want us to have a quick discussion on groups because i seem to be having quite a bit of an issue with a lot of these activist groups that are making a lot of noise online and offline nowadays you know i was busy making noise about the lgbt earlier on in this episode and right now i'm about to start having beef with peter so Let me just get into the meat of the issue, okay? So, the People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, aka PETA, has called for women to go on a sex strike against men who eat meat. Let me read that again, and we can even remove the instrumentals for this. The People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, aka PETA, has called for women to go on a sex strike against men who eat meat. Honestly, what kind of bullshit is this? Like, how is it that you're coming after us for eating meat, yet it's the women that probably even prepare the meat for us? Like, I know the story goes into the whole, oh, you know, men who, like, go and fry sausages and, like, sip beer and have barbecues and shit, blah, 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 they're the problem. And by all means, like, they can take that shit. I don't even feel like getting into the story. I'm actually just trying to think about how they will actually have that enforced, or at least how the babes can have that enforced. Like... The babe that cooks for me my ribs, the babe that makes for me my steak and my meat, is going to refuse to take my meat even though she probably wants to? Can you make that make sense? Like, it doesn't make sense for me at all. Because I'm trying to think about it like this. Like, you want guys to stop taking meat, okay? But you're asking the babes that take the guys' meat to not take their meat anymore so that the guys can stop taking meat. Like, that shit still doesn't make sense. Because when you kind of think about it, it's not like the guys are mostly in the kitchen. It's the babes that do that. And at the end of the day, this is just trying to push people into not having a lot more sex. Of which, that actually works against what PETA stands for, which is the ethical treatment of animals, which I think includes organisms. Because if I have a dry spell, I go and I beat my meat. There's a bunch of sperms that are going to be spilled somewhere and they're just going to die. How does Peter feel about that? Or does Peter not care about my sperm? 
and when now she's not going to take my meat like i'm already going to have beef with her so how exactly are they going to solve that like what the fuck am i supposed to give her now morning wood come on bruh then they have the audacity to justify this sex strike as a way to quote unquote save the world like as of right now we have an imminent underpopulation issue that's looming thereabout there's fewer kids that are being born than they were back in the day so we have way more adults and not enough kids do they really think that they're saving the world by prioritizing a cow over my potential to give her children which in compound interest might actually end up increasing the world's workforce by quite a bit do they not do math do they not look at the bigger picture do they really think that babes are really going to sacrifice sex just because peter said that we need to save the animals like i'd like to find the babe that's like you know what i'm abstaining from sex up until you stop eating meat like shorty i'm gonna go for your best friend real quick like best believe i'm gonna do that like it's not like a hold back like i will literally go to your friend and i'll be like you know what i don't like what she's doing to me and honestly <laughs> i'm not feeling the way like she's listening to other people and yet the relationship is just me and her and i'm not getting my conjugal rights <laughs> And the moment she hears that, oh, you know, as usual, the nurturing side comes out. You know, shoulder to cry on becomes a dick to ride on. Ah, that shit works out pretty well. And anyways, if I'm fine enough that you're with me, there's a pretty good chance your best friend might want me as well. So best believe I'm ahead that. If not your best friend, then your sister. If not your sister, hell, maybe your mom's hot. But either way, yo, this extract does not work well for the babes. But anyways, even though Peter prefers a cow's meat to mine, I will still be perfectly okay because I have a couple of tweets to do so I will leave it at that and I will move it on so on to our very first tweet of this episode. We're obsessed with marrying and dating financially stable partners, forgetting to check mental, emotional and spiritual stability. Well, while I'd like to say that this is particularly true across the board, I'd probably say that this is mostly an issue with the babes. By all means, don't get me wrong, guys will also look for a woman who has money, or at least is financially stable to a certain degree. It's not like just because a guy's a billionaire, he'll go for like the poorest babe. Not unless if he's just trying to smash and shit. There's very few babes that get quote-unquote saved by a super rich dude, as opposed to babes who already kind of have their own thing going. But that's sort of besides the point. Now, whenever I usually listen to babes talking about how they want a guy who's financially stable or a guy who makes a lot of money, I don't usually think about it in the wrong sense. But to some degree, in my opinion, it feels like it comes from a position of scarcity. And I'm not saying this in a bad way. Like, just because it's scarcity doesn't mean that it's particularly bad. It's just that a lot of the babes that usually say that they want a guy who makes a lot of money clearly do not make a lot of money themselves. Now, this isn't something that guys particularly compare with, it's just that sometimes some babes will have such high expectations, yet they can't give themselves that, neither can even their parents give them that kind of life that they're looking for. And they end up wanting it from a guy because they feel like they're unable to get it themselves, so they'd much rather get a guy to do it for them. Or, you know, it requires hard work. Because you kind of think about it, some babes want to go for a trip to Bali and it's not like they can't get the money. It's not like they don't have the money to go there, but they know very well the moment they take that money and they go for the trip to Bali, the moment they come back, they're gonna be facing brokenness for quite a while. So they'd much rather throw that load onto guys to do that for them. 
And the reason why I'm saying that this is the case and it comes from a position of scarcity is most of the babes that I've spoken to who actually make really good money, like they make a lot of money, never actually say this shit about guys. Like I never hear them saying, you know what, I want a guy who makes a lot of money. They will say that they want a guy who's doing okay or who's doing well enough for themselves. And normally from that, they'll start looking for other things because they kind of already have the money themselves. Okay. Now, of course, let's be particularly honest, it's not like they're looking for a guy that makes less or way less than them. Of course, they want a guy that can at least match up because a lot of the stuff that she'll want to do, a lot of stuff that she'll like to do, she does it because she makes a certain amount of money and she's able to live a certain kind of way. Now, as a guy, if you're unable to do that, it's not like she'll be very down to sustain you being there for particularly long. Now, I'm not saying that babes have never done it before, it's just that it's not a particularly common thing. I'm not saying that all babes won't do it, it's just that most won't. But at the end of the day, of course, babes should be looking for the mental, the emotional, and the spiritual. And by all means, the mental is probably the most key. The emotional, I know for a fact, most people, regardless of gender, are very lacking in that. But, you know, try and find someone that has at least some emotional awareness and stability and the spiritual side that one i feel like it's on a very individual level how much someone is supposed to have but on the financial end a lot of babes are still focusing on guys making money because a lot of the stuff that they see out there that they want to do they want someone to sort of pay for that shit and handle that shit for them not themselves which is a bit sad because if you want something, then you should probably go ahead and try and reach out for it. Don't expect a dude to pay that shit for you. But all in all, they're still going to try and defend the fact that, you know what, I wasn't brought up to be poor or poverty just wasn't my portion. Like, bitch, it's not like we chose any of that shit. It's just that we looked at the cards that we were dealt and we're working with them as is. Maybe you should try doing the same exact thing. Because let's be honest, there's only so many Prince Charmings that are out there. But then again, I might be wrong about this shit, so I'm just going to leave it at that and I'm going to move it on. So on to our very next tweet of this episode. Why is it that women with their shit together can never keep a man? Okay, I honestly didn't actually plan this out. You know, the whole financial bit, then babes is money. But you know what? Such is life. Now... Of course, I'm not a babe, so I wouldn't entirely know the exact reasons why, but I have spoken to a few babes here and there. I have listened to a couple of stories from babes that actually did claim that they were making quite a bit of money. So I think I can probably make a couple of points. The most likely assumptions, most likely beliefs that I'm pulling out of my ass, but I can probably bring it down to about three main reasons for this. Now, the first one might be a little bit more controversial than the other two, but the first one is mainly because it's hard for someone who's in a dominant position to become submissive on a whim. Like, switching from dominant to submissive isn't something that's particularly easy for a lot of people. Now, let's not play ourselves. There are people that are into BDSM, like full-on CEOs, bosses that will dominate outside of the office and they'll come back and time for sex, they want to be tied up and they want to be pegged and shit. Like that's particularly okay. That's entirely up to them. But for the average person, when you're dominant, you're dominant all the way. When you're submissive, you're submissive all the way. And guess what? A lot of guys want a submissive woman. So 
if you're with your woman and she seems to be doing pretty well she's making her own money and of course for you to go up the ranks you need to be aggressive to a certain degree when she exercises that aggression with you you won't be comfortable with it as a dude and even for the babes this is something that you'll notice the babes who are very aggressive with their dudes not unless if the dude is a pushover most of those guys don't end up lasting for very long because we don't want to be challenged by our partners I'd rather say something that you don't agree with and you literally let that shit slide and then explain to me why I might be wrong about whatever it is that I said. But if you immediately try to challenge me, especially on a public level, that becomes quite a massive issue. And even for the people that believe that, oh, you know, it's easy to make the switch up. She just has to know the moment she checks into the house, she has to be submissive. Trust me, I'm saying this as a guy who at some point was required to move from making love to fucking disrespectfully in the name of liking a babe. Like, I've seen that difference in the bedroom and I know how tough it is to switch your mindset on that. So for someone who's normally dominant for most of the day to walk into a house and become submissive, I feel like it's just about as hard as me trying to move from the R&B type, I want to make love to you because I love you, to fuck me, disrespectfully spit on me and slap me around type. I feel like that difference is nearly the same. So that's reason number one. Reason number two is a lot of the dudes that they go for if they decide to be hypergamous and date up obviously have a lot of other options and these babes are not tolerant enough to let this guy exercise his options while he's still in the relationship. Now. By all means, I am not saying this to say that I condone cheating or guys should be allowed to cheat or anything of that sort. I'm just stating things as they are. When you look at most guys who have managed to get themselves all the way up to the top, these are guys that have had to work hard, these are guys that have had to push really really hard and they're very successful. A lot of these guys didn't have chances with babes for a good chunk of their lives. They grew up, they wanted to beat some of these babes and they never really got their chance. So now they get to the top level, there's a bunch of these babes that are throwing themselves at him and you might be the girlfriend but you're looking at it as someone who's had guys that have always wanted to be with her for a very long time so you kind of got used to pushing them away but for this guy he's pretty much been getting pussy and because he hasn't had it for say what 20-25 years of his life the guy simply wants the attention and you know the pussy that comes with that attention so it becomes hard for a lot of these very very hard-working higher tier babes to sort of deal with and they end up saying you know what I choose myself, I want to be respected and this is very disrespectful to me and I want a faithful man and they bounce. They move on to the next guy, they think that this guy is going to be faithful and they end up realizing at some point that this guy was just probably say a little bit better at hiding his shit but either way he still was not a faithful man and then they end up moving to the next guy. They end up realizing after a while that a good chunk if not most if not almost all of these guys like to fuck around it's just that they're never vocal about it at least not with them then reason number three is they just have a shit choice in dudes and i'm saying this to kind of justify hypergamy to a certain degree because when you look at a lot of babes who have money when they say that they're not looking for a guy with money sometimes they might choose to go for a guy that's below that a guy who isn't making all that much of course if you're a babe that's making a mill in a month there's definitely very very few guys that will make the same if not more 
So you go for a guy that isn't making all that much, but he just so happened to sweet talk you. The guy was really, really good with his words and he cuddles with you and, you know, he seems to treat you nice at the beginning of everything. You decide to be with this guy, but this guy isn't a particularly driven guy. He mostly chills at home and, you know, he probably doesn't put in all that much work. Now, of course, because you aren't chasing the money, you aren't looking for a guy that's super top tier, you just wanted someone that cared about you, would give you affection and would treat you right. You choose to be with this guy despite his current financial situation and the fact that he might not be such a driven guy, but he has a really good mouth and really good dick and you know cuddling skills but eventually at some point because this guy chills at home a lot more than you do and you're probably working all day at some point you realize that this guy's been banging other babes on the side while you've been at work you have issues you drop this guy of course you're not going to take that kind of disrespect especially if it's in your own house you get the next guy who probably tries to talk to you well like that the same thing ends up happening because this guy isn't driven enough to get out there and put the work in but because he treats you right when you're in the house and you can come home to him and you'll be super comfortable, you decide to give him another chance and then the same thing happens. Then you realize that this guy was also a bum. And at the end of the day, that is how you find that a babe who has her shit together just cannot seem to sustain a guy because the guys that are on the same level as well as above want her but also want a bunch of other babes and the guys that are below might treat her well but they might not respect her enough or they might not be driven enough that they're actually good enough to be with long term. Although then again, like I said, all of this shit I probably pulled out of my ass. So you don't necessarily have to take it as the gospel truth, but I'd like to know your thoughts on this. But for now, I will move it on. So on to our very final tweet of this episode. Ladies, what if your side nigga proposes to you before your main nigga? Okay, I like that this one's actually going to be short because clearly, like, I don't think that I have to be a babe to say this, but she still won't say yes. Like, as a guy that was once a side dude, on behalf of other side dudes, not that I am one currently, honestly, this is absolute bull. Nigga, you're doing too much if you're going to propose. Because honestly, like, you're a side dude. All you're required to do is deliver strokes and cuddles, like you're not even supposed to listen to her. When she's busy complaining about her mans, you're taking her clothes off, smacking her ass and turning her around so that you can give her strokes and shit. Like you're not even supposed to listen to the babe as she's busy complaining about her dude. Like why the hell would you choose to do such a thing? Cause when you kinda think about it, being a side dude is actually like one of the easiest jobs ever because most of what you're doing is just delivering cuddles and strokes and shit maybe making a meal once or twice that's pretty much it so when you think about a guy that's going to propose and he's a side dude ugh. like if she actually thought that she wanted to have a future with you then you'd have probably been the main dude and not the side like babes do this shit all the time like sometimes they can date two dudes at the same time and that is a case of having two boyfriends, two mains if you must. And it's a strategy that's referred to as dual mating and most babes usually do that when they're planning to drop one dude and pick up another, not unless if she's a hoe and she belongs to the streets and shit. But in this case, you're a side dude. So she didn't even foresee having a future with you. So why the fuck are you even trying to propose in the first place? Like, come on bruh, like have some dignity for yourself. Like, the moment you do that, you're probably even going to end up being dropped as a side dude and just become nothing, if not a co-worker or a friend or some shit. Like, you're a side. Stay in your lane. 
you know although then again maybe there are some babes that do end up falling in love with their side dudes and want to have a future with them maybe they can tell me if they'd actually say yes in this particular situation so i'd actually like to hear from them as well as a bunch of the other babes and you know even the dudes and shit what are your thoughts on this entire thing or on any one of the things that i've discussed on tweet street the dms are open on twitter it is at bagaka the d that is my personal handle on facebook and on ig it is at breakdown on west side thank you so much for listening all the way till the end and i will catch you guys on the next break <laughs>